Hops and Stocks podcast is presented by 100 Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. I'm just, yeah. just a little bit upset that it took so long. What is it? Episode 17. And he just now came <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> So, So what are you doing the next 25 Wednesdays at about 17? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I salute you, young brother. Man. Yeah, man. I'm spoke affiliated from the city of Jim. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hops and Stocks Podcast. This is episode 17. We are presented by Hunter Spoke Media Group. Um, this evening, you will always get our excellent beer reviews. we got a nice lineup for y'all. And uh, coming up after our beer and tea reviews, um, we have a special guest, Kalan Chance, who's going to uh, talk to us about uh, some of the research and fundamentals that go into um, looking at stocks and deciding what you should purchase. So um, with that said, we're going to get started like we always do. Um, I was listening to one of the pods and beat up was complaining about always getting picked first. So I'm going to uh, throw it to Eric tonight. Oh, man. You, know, you was really supposed to throw it back like, hey, man, since you was complaining. <laughs> go I, hey, man, I, I try to keep it fair, man. So it's on you tonight, man. But you know what? I don't, I don't mind going first now. It's almost like I, I enjoy setting it off. <laughs> <laughs> I got you though. I got you. I got you. I was gonna say, if Mister, I don't like what's in this can. Wants to go first. He can. <laughs> no, nah, we good. All right. So uh, you see this can, real fancy, smashy looking can. Um, I literally just pulled this out the refrigerator. So pardon me for actually reading what this is, but this is a uh, the couple dry hop, Fata Morgana Nelson Sauvin. Omnipolo. And that's that's exactly what all of that says. I had to look it up on my phone just to make sure. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Um, This is brewed by 12% Beer Project uh, for Omnipolo. Um, So I'm not really sure who Omnipolo is. But uh, 12% is out of North Haven, Connecticut. So it's a quadruple Indian Pale Ale. And it's checking in at, yeah, checking in at 12% ABV which is really, really up there for our IPA, man. So, man, yeah. yeah, so let's go ahead and get a sip. I'm predicting bitterness. Man, color be good, good, though. That, that I mean, color. I'm straight up predicting delicious. <laughs> uh, you can see that orange color. Um, I'm always a fan of IPAs that have, like, that hazy orange color. I'm going to see if I can find the IBU information real quick. Yeah, that's what I was wondering what the IBU is. Um. So I'm looking at untapped. It says no IBU. I don't know how true that is, but I'm almost kind of believing them. This is not bitter at all. This don't have that no extreme hoppy taste. It's all it's all citrus. So you're getting orange, grapefruit, um, that classic IPA taste. This is this is a fine beer right here, man. Any extra jig on it? Um. You don't get no extra jig uh, like you like you get when you drink in high ABV stouts. Um, I'm not tasting extra jig at all. I'm I'm actually really impressed by this beer I've never heard of before. Um, I'm going four and a half on this man. This is a this is okay. a fine brew. I would definitely cop this again. Once again, we got Omnipolo, the couple dry hopped, Fata Morgana, Nelson, Sauvin. Quadruple Indian Pale Yeah, I think this takes the title as the longest beer title ever. You know what I'm saying? So it's also a long beer title, but it's also damn good. Uh, hey, hey. What, what city that was out of? So it was brewed by 12% Brewery, which they're based out of North Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Um, honestly, I wish we, we switched beers last minute. We were going to go with a different theme. So I wish I had more information on it, um, but from what I'm gathering, they're brewed by 12 percent 
Brewery for Omnipolo. Um, I'll follow up with this can on uh, on IG. I'll post a picture and some more information on it so y'all can check it out. So I'm going to slide it on over to Blast since B-Dub goes first. We're going to make them last. Yeah. Y'all don't realize I just kicked some bars from the past. <laughs> we got a live freestyle on the episode. <laughs> bars, son, bars. All right, well, it's on me tonight. Uh, I've got a Central Waters Brewing Company Incorporated, Cassian Sunset. Uh, like he said, we all kind of switched our beers at the last minute, so um, forgive me for not, you know, being totally versed on this joint. This was one I picked up um, for a previous episode we did, High ABV, and this was one of my backups. But it says it's a Brewer's Reserve stout that's aged in used oak bourbon barrels with coffee, vanilla beans, and cinnamon added. I had to look it up on Untapped um, to find the ABV. I didn't see it on the can, but it, it's an 11.4 on the ABV, um, and it's 2021 vintage. So, you know, it's almost like a fine wine out here. There you go. Cassian Sunset. We got the stout. I mean, this joint is, you know, definitely dark over here. <laughs> looks looks black yeah. to me. Can 2021 be vintage? That's what it says, yeah. 2021 <laughs> vintage. Must have got a little notch by the 2021. Smells good. You can smell that vanilla and that cinnamon. So down the hatch we go. Man, got motor oil. <laughs> hey man, you can't do that while mid sip. <laughs> man, it's pretty good. Um, I, I definitely like the uh, cinnamon and the vanilla on it. Kind of mellows out. It, it's uh, definitely up there on the eight ABV. So uh, I'm getting a little bit of that extra jig taste, but um, you know, it's it's uh, not anything too overpowering. So I, I would go with the uh, first sip. A four. And, you know, as we do with stouts, we reserve the right to um, change our review as the night goes on. So right out the can, sitting for about 15 minutes, I give it a four. How long have you had it cracked? Probably about, I think I cracked it at 7.15, so it's now 7.43, so about 30 minutes. Yeah. Pretty good stuff, though. That's a good sit. Well, let's throw it to our man. I don't like what's up in this can. I dropped some more <laughs> bars. Tonight's the night of the stars. You know how we do? Hey, are we going to bar cast tonight? I got, hey, I, got man, I mean, it's on beat up next, man. Let's put some <laughs> yeah. bars. He got to drop a hot four. <laughs> you, want me, you want me to talk about it? I'll talk about it, man. Uh, <laughs> like they said, this is a last-minute beverage right here. Uh, it's uh, an iron, uh, iron Smoke Distillery, a Pumpkinville Latte. See that, oh, Kenny? Okay. Yeah, man, that can is nice. Ellie Cottville, shout out to my homeboy Cot. It's a coffee and pumpkin <laughs> ale, <laughs> whiskey barrel aged, um, almond colored. You know, I like that color. Probably decent. It's, it smells. It smells decent. First sip. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Here we go. Let me tell y'all what's in this can. Man. <laughs> it's decent. Oh man, he pump faked me, man. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it, it it don't wow me. I mean, this with all this going on with the can, I thought it was gonna be, you know, what I'm saying, pretty harsh on the, on the, on the first crack. But <clears throat> actually, it's not that bad. I'm not a fan of pumpkin, but. I like coffee in a beer, so the pumpkin and the, and the coffee play off each other pretty good. Um, 6.5 on the ABV out of New York. I'm going to get this. I'm going to give it a three, 3.75. All right, that ain't bad. Is, is that stout? It's an ale. Ale, okay. It's, a, right. it's a whiskey barrel aged um, crab ale. Once sure again, it again, man. I'm actually really digging, digging that can, man. I'm going to dope. Uh, Where they out of beat up? I wouldn't mind trying that. I, I like uh, at least to get the pumpkin stuff a try. I can't guarantee it's all gonna be good. Fairport, New York. I don't. I don't have much luck with pumpkin, man. I, I've literally given up on on messing with the pumpkin. Finding a good one. Yeah, I feel it's you. Silver. There's actually, I take that back. I had one across the street at at neighbors, 
They have a um, I'm assuming it's pr pronounced Sans. It's a local Nashville brewery, C Z A N N apostrophe S. Mm -hmm. They had a pumpkin brew, and it's actually the only one that I've ever liked out of the 15 years I've been trying to find a, a pumpkin brew. It's not bad at all, though, man. I might bump this up to a four. <laughs> He's changing it already. He's changing it already. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm bumping this up to a four. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's decent, man. Now you got to drop, you gotta drop <laughs> four bars about behind it. That's true. This is decent. Oh, you gotta drop four bars. <laughs> bars. That is the bar. It's decent. I mean, I'll get. I'll give you your word. Decent and recent. Go ahead and run with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you ain't go. got a free. Beat up. Beat up was never about the free life, man. man. He's my, he's my ghost rider. Beat <laughs> up is like short, man. He was all about the pay styles, man. Yeah. Hey, let me circle back real quick. I didn't give y'all the, at least I don't think I gave y'all the city where mine was out of. Amherst, Wisconsin. Come on, you're drinking this. We have to take a trip to Wisconsin, man. Like, That's true. I, um, I pulled something out the refrigerator the other day that I was drinking. Um, I can't remember the brewery name, but they were out of Wanakee, Wisconsin, which I believe is where UA is located as well. So, yeah. I think like that area is probably just heavy populated with just, Dope brews, man. So I wouldn't mind sliding up to Chicago and then slide up to Wisconsin, do some brewery hopping. I mean, no disrespect to Wisconsin, but I, I saw a, a poll the other day and it said Wisconsin or a survey, something like that. It said it was, Wisconsin was the top drunkest state in the United States. So they probably yeah, do got a ton of beers all over the place, breweries all over the place. Yeah. They get smacked out there. <laughs> They got well. They got a lot of college towns up there too. So I think that's probably plus. It's, I mean, it's Wisconsin. Ain't really nothing else to do but but <laughs> drink mac and eat cheese. Yeah, eat cheese and steak. I lived there for I lived there for three months working on a a, a work project, and that's all we did is we 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 golfed, we ate cheese, steaks, and got smacked. Like <laughs> ain't, ain't uh ain't spotted cow from uh, Wisconsin. Spotted Cows from Wisconsin, which is a really fine beer. Um, like I said, a lot of the stuff that we like is, is is from up that way. So we gotta take a trip up there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind messing around in Milwaukee. Yeah. Kicking it with Giannis and the likes. <laughs> <laughs> so are we gonna kick it over to the stocks? And yeah. yeah, I think so, man. Let's transition to our uh financial segment. Um, as we said earlier, we got a uh Special guest in the house tonight. Um, I say special because he's my son. I'm sure y'all heard me on a couple of the podcasts talk about I got this or I got that for my son. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of him. I'm glad he's joining us tonight. And he's here to kind of talk us through um, some of the groundwork that he does before he decides to invest in a company. So uh, everybody give a nice hops and stocks. Welcome to my son, uh, entrepreneur. Uh, Young investor, just an overall businessman. Uh, inside trader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, inside trader. Inside uh, trader. Hawks and Stocks, welcome. <laughs> Kalan Chance to the program. Kalan, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you, son. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Glad to Appreciate be here. You, young brother. Glad to so, be here. Uh, you know, before we – oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, nah, I was going to say this is my first one. This is my first podcast I never did, so it's, it's definitely a pleasure. Ah, okay. Well, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to get into everything real shortly here. But, you know, before we do dive in, why don't you kind of give uh, the audience a little bit of your background and what you're currently doing, and then, you know, we're going to hit you with these questions we got. We're okay. going to pepper cool. you. Cool, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so right now uh, – uh, I, I guess you could say I'm in college, not really. Um, I'm taking a break right now to kind of pursue some some entrepreneur passions. Uh, so so currently I, uh, I, I've got a wholesale real estate company. I also do some vending machines as well. Uh, and then I do stocks. I trade stocks and crypto uh, uh, also. Uh, uh, and I, I've probably been doing, I want to say I, I've been doing stocks for about since 2018 crypto since 2017 and wholesale since 2019 vending i just got into uh earlier this year 
Uh, so I'm, I'm fairly new compared to some of the experts in the game. Some people been there 10, 20, 30 years, but I think I've definitely picked up a lot. Definitely got a lot of hours in. So, uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm always learning. I try to always have a learning mindset, but, uh, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, I've definitely made a decent impact, made, made some other people some money too. So always good. <laughs> yeah. Some of right. us on this uh, podcast have followed your advice and, you know, made a little change on some of your, um, you know, tips that you threw out to us. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. I, I raised my glass on that one. <laughs> you made me a couple <laughs> bucks. Right. Unknowingly. <laughs> I didn't realize you had your hand in all that other type of stuff, man. We definitely got to keep you back as a, a reoccurring member. I mean, you know what I'm saying when you listen to a lot of these other podcasts, you know, they talk about wholesaling real estate. They talk about the vending machines. I didn't know you had all, all that going on. So, you know what I'm saying? Much respect to you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I try to I try to put my eggs in multiple baskets. Hopefully one of them crack. <laughs> Bars. Bars. I'm trying, I'm trying to crack with you on the uh, on the uh, vending machine game. We got to get it popping. Oh, yeah, we do got to get it. COVID, you know, put a damper in that. But, you know, I, I be calling people. They be tired of me calling. They be like, we will email you when we're ready for your machine. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm not stopping, you know, so. Yeah, and it's, it's my network right here, too. So, you know, my, my boys, they always down to put their hands in different things. So, you know, when it's time, let us know. Okay, yeah, cool. Sure. That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I can just go into it or, or you know. We can, because I got a yeah, little bit of notes. Go ahead, E. I was just going to say, uh, you, you touched on uh, how long um, you, you've kind of been, you know, investing in stocks and crypto. I just wanted to kind of get an idea of what, what led you to, you, you were always on my case, um, you know, when you were, I don't know, maybe still a teenager about, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing. Um, you know, you might want to look into it or whatever. And, you know, I had my, my company kind of doing all that for me. And eventually I, I just kind of went down the road, which was like, all right, I'm going to start, you know, putting a little something on my own, a little something here or there, but just kind of speak to, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I mean, at 16 or 17, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at investing in anything. So kind of what, uh, what led you down that road? Yeah, I, I definitely think you give me too much credit. I didn't really find out about investing until I got to college, but it, it's been about four or five years. Uh, so my first exposure to investing, uh, I had a friend uh, that went to to Miami, Miami University. Uh, he actually got me hip to this app called Acorns, which basically lets you invest spare change. So if you make a purchase, it's like four dollars and fifty cents. It'll round it up to five dollars and invest the fifty cent. Uh, but that's it's such slow growth. And I think it's like a mutual fund. So they just kind of take your 50 cent and disperse it into a bunch of different index uh, indexes, which contain like 50 to 100 different stocks. I think some of them were penny stocks, too. So you really most of the growth in there was from you putting your money in. It wasn't really from it actually growing. Uh, but that was my first exposure. And that was back in 2016, 2017. Um, and then uh, I think uh, I want to say for crypto. Uh, 2017 came around. I, I was living. I had uh, two white roommates um, and, uh, you know, one of them just started talking about Bitcoin. And I, th I don't know if he was just trading it or whatever, but he kept talking about it. And he was like, uh, you know, you guys should definitely look at this, you know, Bitcoin, yada, yada, yada. So I did a little bit of research on it. Uh, you know, I definitely, you know, after because the thing about crypto, it's like a rabbit hole. You know, once you start going into it, it pretty much just has you by the throat. Uh, yeah. so I, I started taking a look at it and then I just, I ain't really, I wasn't even making that much money at the time. So I was just, I put like five, $10 in there. And then fortunately, I think, I don't know, it kind of feels like it was kind of meant to be because I was, I got in in 2017 and I was like the first major bull run of Bitcoin when it went from like 8,000 to like $20,000 in like three to four months. And I caught it right at the tip. I think I got in like September, October and by December, January, I had like tripled my money, but I only had like 10 to $20 in there. So ever since then, I just kept putting it in Bitcoin, kept researching it more and, and looking more into it. Uh, and that's kind of how I got my first exposure into crypto. Uh, and then fast forward uh, to 2018, I'm trying to think. I, I, I think, I, I can't remember exactly how I got to Robinhood, but you know, something in me, I, I think after I got into crypto, just wanted to keep investing and kind of look into stocks because I think it was because of Acorn. So I, I transitioned from Acorns to Robinhood. Um, and 
I, I got lucky on that one too. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. And my first stock that I ever invested in, I made, I turned $40 into $400. And so, yeah. And so I, I really got lucky because all I did was like Google upcoming sectors. Uh, this was back in 2018. And one of the sectors that came up was the marijuana industry. And I really just kind of spun the wheel, picked the stock, put my money in it. And it just happened to be a stock that was going through a short squeeze at the time, which you guys have seen with uh, AMC and GameStop and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and yeah, money went crazy. So I took profits on that. And you know, once you make a little bit of money and you knew to invest and you like, I'm a key, I'm never going to stop doing this. You can't tell yeah. me nothing. Yeah, it's so, addictive. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, after then I made a lot, I took a lot more L's, you know, but I definitely, that's, <laughs> that's kind of got me into it. So, yeah. So definitely, yeah. That's what's up. So um I know I think we call him Blast. So uh, you know what I'm saying? I know Blast probably gave you, you know, uh a kind of a short agenda of what we were looking for you to go over as it relates right. to stocks. So we kind of want to start at the beginning. And you know what I'm saying? Like I told you know what I'm saying, Blast and B dub and you know what I'm saying, other folks in the group chat, like I envision you coming back. You know what I'm saying several times on this podcast journey to you know what I'm saying to to kick knowledge and and kind of educate us and educate our listeners on 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 trading stocks as well as we just identified you got your hands on some other stuff so you might be, become the sixth member of Hops and Stocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's cool with me. That's cool with me. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, just from the top, I think it was just you know how do I really find a play. That that honestly, I got lucky because the way that I found the first play is is the way that you can really find any play, and that's Google. You really just kind of got to look, just kind of pay attention to what's going on. So, um, I mean, typically now I would say it's a little easier just because I pay attention to a lot of news and things that are going on, like politics and just global affairs. You know, like trade wars that were going on during Trump and how that was impacting certain sectors like steel and things like that. Um, the semiconductor shortage is another example. Uh, so, so I would say just kind of paying attention to what's going on in the environment is a good way to try to identify opportunities. Um, I get, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I guess I could say, okay. So when COVID first started, uh, when, when COVID first started, I actually made a decent amount of money. Uh, I, I did some, and I'm not going to get into it, but I actually did like a derivative play, an option play. Uh, basically just banking off of COVID. So uh, originally when, you know, and you guys already know this, but I'm just going over it for the for the listeners. But uh, when, it, when it originally started, Italy and Germany, I think, were the epicenters of the COVID epidemic. It, it went from China and then it went over to Europe before America became the epicenter. And uh, I basically, Italy and Germany, there are stocks that have indexes that track like the top 85% of the businesses in those countries. And so what I essentially did was I did a put option uh, on those two indexes because I knew as the epicenter uh, of COVID uh, and the lockdowns that were going to sue, I, I felt like they were going to copy what China did and, and lock it down. And they did. Uh, and so that obviously uh, dropped their productivity. Uh, and so I, I probably want to say I made a thousand dollars off of that or I, I say as a percentage, I think that was like a three to four hundred percent return back on my money. So. Uh, and I was simply just paying attention to taking advantage of COVID. Uh, and so I, I, I would say that, uh, yeah, just paying attention to what's going on in the environment. You, you can really make money in any type of environment, whether the stock market is going down or up, you, you can make a killing. Uh, and so that, that's, that's how I evaluate stocks. I just see what's going on. You can take advantage of the semiconductor shortage. You know, like I said, you can take advantage of uh, all these startups coming out with electric vehicles, you know, a lot of them aren't going to make it. There's only going to be a couple that survive. Uh, so you can really kind of try to ride the hype type of thing. So with Tesla, there's a lot of hype with Tesla. For instance, you can Tesla is a company that is. Uh, and this is I'm going to get into this. when We talk about because I know you guys asked me about some bad plays. Tesla is one of them uh, just because it's overvalued. Um, but uh, you, I mean, you can make good money off of Tesla, just kind of, you know, swing trading it uh, based off of news and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that, that's probably how I would, you know, start out evaluating it. Um, then once I pick an actual stock, I do three things. I check, I do market analysis. 
Uh, I do fundamental analysis, which is the company's, you know, earnings, revenue, earnings per share, things like that. Uh, and then I do technical analysis, which I check the charts uh, and make sure, you know, that the, the the technicals are sound. I got, you know, moving averages, you know, RSI indicators, uh, you know, Fibonacci retracements, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, so to go into it a little deeper and, and definitely stop me if, I, if I'm going too fast, but uh, to go into it a little deeper. So market analysis is, is more of kind of what I was saying. So um, let me think. Um, so when you're when you're thinking of a particular industry, I, 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 I like the marijuana industry specifically just as a black man, just because I feel like, you know what I'm saying, that there lies our reparations in that. I don't I, you know what I'm saying? I, I ain't going to get all into that. Spiel, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I feel like it, I feel like, you know, they, they kind of hold us out of starting businesses in there. But the stock market don't know you black. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't know that you're a woman. Hold on. Preach, young brother. Preach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it don't That's know what facts, you are. Man. Money is money, man. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that is a good sector. We can make a lot of money and I, I'm, I'm making money off of it, you know, as we speak. Uh, but uh, that that's a great example. And as you can see with states, I, I don't think we'll ever get federal legalization in America, but I think it's going to continue to happen on a state level where individual states decide to uh, legalize it recreationally. And I think COVID definitely is going to uh, incentivize states to do that more because they need tax revenue. And as you see by Illinois set that example, you can make a lot of money off of legalizing uh, marijuana. So uh, I would say right there, that's your market analysis. So boom, you know, I want to get into the marijuana industry. Now you need to go to fundamentals. What companies, you know, have the sound fundamentals to be able to, you know, survive? Because there's a bunch of different companies. So you need to figure out which ones one, make money, period. That'll eliminate probably 90% of the competition because most uh, marijuana companies don't make money because there's a lot of regulation you have to go through, specifically in America, uh, as the largest, uh, America has the largest share of recreational marijuana in the in the world. It has 30%. Uh, and so um, the American companies, though, because they're only legalized individually on a state level, uh, they're called MSOs, multi-state operators, meaning they have to individually acquire licensing in each state in order to operate. You can't just have one license and operate in every state. You have to go to each state and acquire a license in order to operate in a different state. Um, and so that creates barriers to entry. Uh, and so because of that, that, that messes with some of the company's money. So I would say, you know, do they make money is the first question you can really ask for any stock. If they don't make money, I wouldn't even consider them unless you have a strong other reason to believe otherwise. And typically, if they don't make money, your reason shouldn't be that strong unless you have some sort of insider information. Uh, and so, so, so you said, um, you know, when you're looking at a company um, and, and you started talking about fundamentals. So right. I, I think what, I, what I'm hearing is one of your fundamentals is, or it sounds like your top fundamental is, does the company make money? Correct. So, so when, you, when you're looking at that, um, I, I guess, how do you how do you figure that out? You know, what, what is it that you look at to figure out if a company is making money or not? So, I, yeah, you can just check their profit. Uh, so I can I can actually I'm, I'm going to share my is it cool if I share my screen, I can pull up something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Actually, we kind of wanted you to to do a lot of like sharing your screen and stuff like that, because I think it would be okay. really informative for our viewers and listeners if they can access this on YouTube and they can see exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, can you guys see my screen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So right yeah. here, right here, this is a company, Microsoft. Oh, you got to somebody who's about to say something? Yahoo Finance, man. I I, I messes with it daily. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just for the for the listeners on the actual podcast that aren't watching, we're on Yahoo Finance. Right. And we're looking okay, at we're yeah. looking at Microsoft. You said. Yeah, this is Microsoft. So. Yeah, this is this is a really good company, actually. As you can see, they up five percent just today. So, um, disclaimer: I do own Microsoft, but I'm not I'm not trying to shill it. You don't have to buy it, but it, it, yeah, it's a good <laughs> company. Um, so yeah, I would look at right here this this line right here, gross profit. If, if that's positive, then you're working with something. Now, that's not the only metric I would look at, and that varies depending on if you're talking about growth or dividend companies, uh, like depending on how significant that is. Uh, but I would look at this right here and specifically with Microsoft, you see on a yearly basis, it's increasing, which for a growth company like Microsoft, uh, that's exactly what you want to look for. And so, uh, yeah, 
that's I mean, that's that's your number one thing is do they make money? And this line right here will tell you that that gross profit, which is the revenue uh, minus the expenses. Um, if that's positive, then they make money. And so what you also want to see is it consistently positive. So, you know, for example, you could have an instance where 2018, you know, it could be two million and then 2019, it could be, you know, negative 500,000. That's a red flag. I would stay away from that. So not only do they make money, but do they consistently make money is also a good thing. And so then if you're trying to determine if you want the dividend, they don't necessarily have to grow how much money they're making, but it does need to be consistent. Uh, but if it's a growth stock, their their money does need to be increasing because the reason why you're buying it is for it to grow. And the only way for the share price to go up or in other words, for institutional investors to continue to put more and more money in their institutions being, you know, large mutual funds, Berkshire Hathaway, you know, very large companies um, in order for them to continue to put more and more money in it and drive the price up, then their their profit needs to continuously be increasing. Um so yeah that that that's the that's right there you know what i'm saying so whether you're regardless if it's dividend or um growth stock it needs to be consistent now for dividend it just needs to be consistent it doesn't need to grow and i can i have a a, a good dividend play uh that i was going to show you guys as well uh but for a growth stock it needs to grow so okay. um, and just for the sake of our listeners uh why don't you explain you know what dividend uh, a dividend stock is and a growth stock is Absolutely. So, yeah, a, a, a growth stock is essentially just a company that takes all of their profit and dumps it back into the company, uh, invested back into their company because their sole purpose is to grow that money and keep growing and growing and growing. Think of an Amazon and how they just you always see them purchasing something or buying something new or continuously improving on what they're doing or, or an Apple. You know what I'm saying? It's, or, or even a Microsoft. Right. Uh, they're, they're constantly looking for new ways to expand or do something new or be innovative. That's a growth company. A dividend company is a company that uh, takes that money, takes most of their profit, uh, a good portion, maybe not most, but a good portion. Typically, I want to say 30 to 60 percent usually um, and gives it back to shareholders uh, because they are in it pretty much. They want that excess capital to be able to, um, you know, help the company run. So they're just looking for a consistent profit. They're not focusing on growth. They're just looking to be able to maintain and pay you a dividend. Um, so good examples of those. Microsoft actually is one of the rare unicorns that falls into both categories as a dividend and a growth stock. Uh, but you know, you got like phone companies, AT&T, Verizon are good example uh, examples. Car manufacturers, GM, uh, or, or, or you know, ICE engine, you know, car manufacturer, internal combustion engine car manufacturers, not EVs. Those are growth companies. But yeah, like GM, I want to say. Um, Ford, things like that are typically, you know, more so for the dividend uh, gas company. So Exxon, um, you know, Sunoco, BP, you know, those are companies that just focus on uh, tobacco companies. They focus on consistent, you know, they have a pretty steady income. So they pay money out to shareholders to incentivize people to buy the stock. Okay. Thank you for that explanation. Yeah, no problem. So, so you were going to, I think you said you had a a good dividend stock you wanted us to look at? Yeah, absolutely. I can uh, I can go to that right now. And then let me know when you want me to pull up the charts too, because you can see in the top tabs, I got them up there. Okay. So SPG is, is, a, is a dividend. I, well, there's there's two dividend companies that I definitely own that I think are pretty decent. And I, I mentioned one of them, AT&T, uh, I think is a, is, a, is a pretty good dividend company. That's a, obviously phone company. Uh, but SPG, I really like them because one, I made a decent amount of money off of them because they when when coronavirus happened. So so what, what SPG is, Simon Property Group, uh, they are a company that leases lands to luxury malls. So they pretty much, you know, lease land to malls like Linux in Atlanta, Mall of America, you know, the Easton in Columbus, you know, different malls like that, that are very high end malls that a lot of people go to. Um, so uh, when coronavirus happened, uh, you know, Retail uh, companies like this, luxury, you know, companies like this, entertainment dropped. I think if I can go back, I can, I can pull up the chart right here. Uh, you know, these type of companies dropped significantly uh, when coronavirus happened. So let's see. Let's go to. Uh, what's, yeah, the, what's the name of this particular chart right here? What, kind, what style of chart is this? Uh, what style of chart? Oh, so right, right now what you're looking at is a uh, this is just a typical. Uh, Typical, uh, I can't even remember the name of what. Oh, candlestick. I'm sorry, candlestick chart. 
yes, yeah, it's, it's just a candlestick chart and I'm using a software called TradingView. If you're doing technical analysis, I 100% recommend TradingView because you can get really in depth. As you can see, I've got an indicator here. I've got a moving average right here. Very simple things, but definitely helpful. It tells you earning dates, dividend dates. Um, and then you can you can also add a bunch of other things. You can change it to a line. You can you know change it to different types of you know chart patterns. Uh, and then you can also add different indicators if you want. So you've got you know Bollinger Bands. You got uh, what else? You got moving average convergence, divergence. I use that sometimes. You got stochiastic on here. I'm not going to go to it. I've already got the RSI pulled up. Uh, so you can also do Fibonacci retracement, which I'll show you guys in a second when we get to the technical. Uh, analysis but yeah this this is the candlestick chart um so yeah so so to spg uh back when coronavirus hit let me zoom out a little bit so we're looking at the four hour time frame and like i said th this is probably enough to have a, its own segment just looking at technical analysis uh I, I really got good at this when i tried to do forex um I, I i never end up being good at forex but i learned a lot that helped me with stocks so um so yeah so back in you know, March, 20, February, March 2020, you first went on lockdown. You see SPG was about one hundred and forty three dollars. If you can see all the way to the right, yeah. uh, of the, it was one hundred forty three. I mean, it, it would it. I don't even think it took five or three months. It, it didn't take a month. It went from one hundred forty three to fifty dollars. And if you can wow. see today, you know, if we look back today, it's one hundred and forty three dollars again. So that's an example of something that became undervalued because the market was irrational. And so I took advantage of that opportunity in the summer. I was looking for recovery plays uh, and SPG was one of them because I knew they own luxury malls. I knew we'd get out of COVID eventually. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to be a win and not an if. And, and that's honestly the biggest thing with stocks. Anybody tries to tell you when they're lying. Nobody knows when things are going to go up and down. But as long as it is a win and not an if, then you're going to make money. And that's that's pretty much, you know, the kind of philosophy that I operate on. So I, I got so, in probably. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So this, this candlestick chart, it shows um, the price of the stock on the right. And at the bottom, it's per month. Per bottom, 30 yeah. The bottom is the volume, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so the bottom right here, this this isn't the volume. It's the RSI indicator. So I, I can get rid of this indicator if it's distracting. But this is a if you want me to explain it, I definitely can go into depth about it. But this this isn't the volume. This is just a simple thing that tells you if the stock is overbought or oversold. So when it hits the top of this part, that lets you know it's it's in a overbought territory and it, the stock reflects that because it drops. And then when it hits the bottom of it, it lets you know it's in a oversold territory and it's going to go up and the stock reflects that as well. So this is just one of the indicators. I know you guys asked me to be able to identify buy indicators. This is an indicator you can use to buy. Anytime a stock does something like this, that's a good time to buy because the RSI indicator is telling you it's way oversold in this according to the technical analysis. And okay. so- Backed it up a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I think we got a gym going right here. Yeah, I so think let's, that's let's really important because I let's go honestly, that one again. Yeah, let's let's go back and let's let's talk about RSI. I guess a little bit more in depth. Okay, the RSI indicator. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah the RSI indicator is simply is just uh it, it doesn't follow price exactly, but it's something that kind of uh this is what you would call a, a leading indicator. So it's the indicator that pretty much can tell you. Not and it's not always accurate, which is why you should use multiple indicators and not just one. As you see, I got 200 day moving average, but I use other ones like support and resistance lines, trend lines, things like that. Um, but it, uh, it's a leading indicator. So this started to tell you it was oversold before the market started bouncing up. So this was telling you you should probably buy it before the market was telling you it's, it's probably a buy. And, and typically what I mean when the market tells you it's a buy, it means the stock is going up. That obviously tells you that people are interested. So it's a leading indicator, meaning that if this is an indicator that can help you jump ahead of the price moving and be able to maximize your profits. Uh, yeah, once important. again, it's not always. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, I was just saying that's important. You know, if you can if you can catch it before, you know, I'm, obviously you want to catch it on the way up. But I'm like, if you can catch it even before it goes up, you know, you're like you said, maximizing your profit. Exactly. Hold exactly. On. I, so I just want to I want to take a second because we are. We're looking at a, a chart right here. So I want to make sure that listeners are can get some sort of visualization here. Um, we will be uploading this to YouTube. So it's an opportunity to look at it. But what we're looking at from the RSI, it's a chart and it's a it's like a block chart. 
but it looks like, you know, pretty much like a, like a heartbeat indicator. And so there's a, you know, a purple section and above that purple section is white and below that section is white. Mm-hmm. If that, that line goes below that purple section, that means what? So if the line goes below the purple section, that means it's undersold or okay. oversold. I'm sorry. It's oversold, meaning that the meaning that people there's too much selling and it's unreasonable, meaning that the yeah. price is likely to first. Perfect. You probably should buy. Exactly. That's exactly that? what that means. Oh, sorry. Who is that? <laughs> so when it goes above that purple line, that means you shouldn't buy because what? Because it's oversold or it's overbought. So that means it's, you know, it's it's too many, too many buyers, there's too much hype. And you know, the other technicals don't justify the price being at that point, uh at that point in time. Uh so it so tip so that's why it's 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 a indicator, but it's not always uh accurate because if I zoom over to the right here, if you see there's another section of the chart that says it's over uh it's 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 uh overbought, meaning that the price would go down, but look what it does. Goes price up. goes up. Exactly. So that's why you see I also have the 200 day movement average. So we can get into that next. But it is it is a indicator. Sometimes you can get fake outs in an RSI indicators and fake outs are essentially these where if you only use the RSI, you'd be thinking, OK, time to sell. And then you lose money because not only did it go up. I mean, it went from 70 to 120, which is almost a double. So if you would have sold on that point, you would have missed out on 100 percent gains potentially. And so uh, this definitely just a indicator that I use, uh, but it's, you know, definitely not the only one by far. What, what's the name of this? Soft? Is it software? Or is this is this something free you can use or yeah, this, this is free? This is free and they have a paid version, too. It's called Trading View. I, I don't pay for it. I don't need to, you don't need to to be able to get access to everything you would need to trade. But it's called Trading View. Uh, it, it's, it's very nice design lookout and you can customize it however you want to. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got all different types. I mean, you could be lost in this for, I, I, I mean, I've been doing this for, for what, two, three years and I still don't know all of these indicators on here. I mean, you've got, what is, you know, awesome oscillators, balance of power, you know, chalk and money flow. I mean, you can get so in depth with some of this stuff. And, uh, you, I, I do know some pretty, you know, uh, skilled things, but you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Question. Uh, if you wanted to know a, a particular indicator, how would you go about learning how to use it? Probably YouTube. Okay. I, I mean, just just a YouTube university. I, if, if you already know the name of it. Uh, yeah, I would just go YouTube university uh, and I would just uh, between that Investopedia. Investopedia is also a great resource. I mean, you can almost ask Investopedia almost anything in the financial uh, or, or, or financial sector about the economy, and they have a really, really good, uh, you know, fifth grade response for, you know, trying to educate you on that. But yeah, between YouTube and Investopedia, I think those those could get you pretty good. And then obviously the best teacher is experience, which is you just using it and then trying to see how well it works for you. So Trading View is actually one of the first things that I got hip to even before I opened my Fidelity account. One of my coworkers put me on to to trading view they also have a, a a weekly newsletter that comes out on sunday night and it kind of okay. gives you their plays for the week and so you know what i'm saying that it's 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 how i've gotten a lot of plays that i'm gonna buy on monday because i'll go i'll look at and they do a lot of the analysis for you and so they'll give you all these different plays and you kind of get set up to okay here's my game plan for monday and i made some some decent money just using the, the trading view plays so it's it, i definitely it's a it's a really a, a good website, and as well as like I said, these these charts and stuff. Uh, well, let, let me uh, take care of some business right quick. Uh, Trading View, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> we have given you an excellent platform here. I need to holler at us, man. Sponsorship <laughs> opportunity available. Also, Investopedia, another one. Holler at yeah. us, man. All right, y'all carry on. Carry on. <laughs> oh, is there is there a homepage from Trading View? I know this is a this is a um, section. I think, well, I, I think the homepage is, it tells you to log in. It's, it's pretty blank. I could try to go back to it. it. It's pretty blank. I think it's just like in the middle of the screen, it just has you, uh, it just asks you what stock or, you know, uh, I mean, you can look up anything. You can look up currencies, you can look up stocks, you can look up cryptocurrencies. 
Uh, you can look up like commodities. Uh, so, you know, for us, I could just, we could look up gold and it'll literally, uh, we could pull up the price of gold. Let's see if this is a good chart. Yeah, we could pull up the price of gold right here. And this is a commodity and it's, that's, that's, that's gold. That's 1800 right now. We could pull that up and track the price of gold. So you can literally track anything, the US dollar, Chinese yuan, you know, uh, the Mexican peso uh, and put these indicators on them and trade them. Yeah, so Kalana. Uh, okay, my bad, E. So Kalana, we're probably going to be wrapping in the next five to ten minutes. So I want to make sure that you know if there's anything that you wanted to hit on that we we didn't get to. Um, like 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 E said, man, we plan on having you back. <laughs> looks like multiple times, man. Right. You know, we barely are even scratching the surface of some of the barely, stuff. Man. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think let's hit the uh, let's look at the the moving averages because i know that's that's big you got the 20 the 50 and the 200 which is a lot of which a lot of people use to, to to make trades and buy and sell yeah yeah definitely uh so typically uh when it comes to moving averages when i'm doing long term when i'm day trading you, you could put the 20 and the 50 on there and because the 50 is more weighted than the 20 it can essentially act like a lagging indicator uh to kind of tell you when to buy or sell uh when they cross but that's that's more so swing and day trading. I don't really use that for long term trading because you in it for the long term. So you don't that's not as important. I, I typically just the 200 day moving average uh, to me is probably one of the most strongest indicators of a stock, uh, mainly because it not only can it tell you when to buy or sell, but it can also act like support and resistance. And if you look at gold, you can see how sometimes the indicator will stop at the top, uh, the price will stop uh, at, at, at around the moving average point and use it as right here is using it as resistance, resistance. And right here is kind of acting as support. And right here was also acting as support. Uh, the 200 day moving average to me is one of the strongest indicators. And it's probably so strong because it's self-fulfilling prophecy because so many traders use it and trade off of it, that it, it kind of just works because so many people are using it. So if everybody's thinking like, oh, it's, it's, it's bouncing off top of here, it's probably a sell point. Well, it's, it's going to keep bouncing because people are trying to sell. And then when it breaks, it breaks above it. OK, we can use that as support breaks below it. OK, here it goes. Resistance points now. So um, I, I really like the 200 day moving average for long term uh, types of investing because it can tell it can also tell you what type of trend it's in. So if it's consistently uh, we can go but we can go to another stock. Just I just wanna, before, you, before you go any further, just to clarify for people who are watching right. and listening, that blue line is the 200 day moving average, right? Correct. And so anything above that is support. Anything below that would be the resistance. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly right. Sorry, I didn't so, clarify. So when, when you speak of moving averages, why, I, you know, we don't want to ever assume that, you know, people know know exactly okay. what's, what's going on. So why don't you just, in layman's terms, you know, kind of give us a quick definition of what, you know, a 200-day moving average is or a 50-day, you know, just, just kind of break it down really quick. Absolutely. So 200 day moving average, what it does is it takes the, the past closing prices of the past 200 days uh, mm -hmm. and it adds them up, divides it by 200. So, yeah, it takes the closing price of the past 200 days, adds them up, divides it by 200. Uh, and it does that every single day. So then so what it does is on the after the first 200 days, it can make it its first point on the graph. So obviously a stock has to be you know older than 200 days in order for this to work, you know, depending on what time frame you're using. Um, so, you know, then, so the 201st day it takes off, it, 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 uh, erases the first, you know, day of the stock. And then it just uses the next 200 and then that makes the next point. And so it just, it does that. And it's called a moving average because it's the moving average, you know, of the previous 200 closing prices of that, uh, stock or cryptocurrency or commodity. Uh, so, it, you know, I, I believe it's so strong to, because it uses its own price to kind of track where it's going. Okay. And then touch on that support and resistance too. Absolutely. So uh, if you're looking at this as IPR, this is another great recommendation. Once It's not financial advice, but... Man, yeah. I'm like, you're trying to get us in trouble. Good. Okay. Well, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> we got disclaimers is, uh, for people like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not financial advice, but uh, yeah, no. So essentially at, at certain points on the chart, you'll see that you know this stock it'll bounce off of it and then continue going up and that's essentially uh is is what you would call something that's called support so if you if i drew a line right here and you know just drew like a black line right here you could also call that support 
or we could just utilize the uh, 200 day moving average and say it's doing the same thing. Uh, and so when the stock dips under it uh, and then it also is bouncing and hitting the top, uh, you would call that resistance. And so, you know, uh, this and this depends. It doesn't really matter if you're using trend lines, doesn't matter if you're using trend lines, doesn't matter if you're using just, you know, horizontal regular support and resistance lines. Any one line can act as both support and resistance, as you can see, a 200 day moving average is acting as both support, you know, in these instances and then resistance right here. And so, you know, another great thing about the 200 day moving average uh, is that uh, anytime the stock is under here, that's a great sell signal. And anytime the stock is over, it's a great buy, because if you see anytime the stock is over, it typically goes up. When a stock goes under, it typically goes down. Now, I will say, right, obviously, this isn't the only indicator. So the stock doesn't, you know, follow these things to a T. You should also check the fundamentals and market analysis and other technical indicators. Uh, but, you know, more times than not, it, it tends to, to respect that, you know, the 200 day moving average. So go right. to go to uh, a little bit like like about a little bit less than half between September and October. Explain that that correlation between the RSI. So go to your right. Oh, to the right. Okay. Yeah. A little bit more. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going right there. Okay. So okay. we see, we see a dip in the RSI right after September, mm -hmm. but right. we see a, a uptick on the actual, uh, actual price. What's the correlation there? Um, so once again, these, these indicators aren't, entirely conclusive, meaning it's not always easy to draw exactly why something did a certain thing. If we Sometimes it could be a market event. So there could have been some sort of fear in the market that we felt like there was some strict regulation about to happen. Um, and, and it could have caused the price to dip a little bit. But uh, I mean, the, the RSI was moving down, which would kind of start indicating that it's getting into the oversold territory or maybe a buying opportunity. Um, and then you see it kind of reflected and went up. So I think in this this particular instance, you know, it's 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 kind of following it pretty well. Uh, just from my personal knowledge about this company, um, I I, I would say it's, it's definitely still undervalued in this territory, which makes sense. You know why it, it went to the you know uh, oversold territory, um, and then you know the reason why it spiked up and then hit the overbought territory. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of hard for me just looking at these two indicators to draw that conclusion. You know why it you know hit that overbought territory. Sometimes it sometimes it just it, you know these things aren't the most accurate. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's I wouldn't I, I, me personally if I'm looking at this stock, I wouldn't say that it's overbought. You know because if you also compare that with the 200 day moving average, I mean it's so far above that 200 day moving average. I mean this gap right here, is it's not even going to touch it as a resistance point. So. Um, I, I would say if you had more indicators, it would give you a better idea of what's going on. And so sometimes like sometimes it depending on what's going on, not every indicator is right for that situation. So sometimes I, I play around with it. I'll swap them out. So I'll take the RSI out. I might put a stochiastic in there. I might come in here and add the stochiastic because because in the free version, they let you have uh, about three different indicators at one given time. And I'll see if they agree. So. Right here, we got the stochiastic. It's also saying that it's overbought. Stochiastic RSI agreeing, but the 200-day moving average is not agreeing that it's overbought. It's saying that it's, it's saying that it's doing pretty well. So, um, I mean, yeah, it it it'd it be hard for me to say for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, they they definitely don't always agree. I would definitely play around with it, put some other indicators on the chart, check the fundamentals, and see. Uh, kind of what thinking, but so, sometimes this can kind of tell you investor sentiment as well. So sometimes this can kind of just tell you investors feel like the stock, you know, may be in an overbought territory, uh, but the fundamentals don't necessarily say the stock is overbought because the fundamentals match up with the the price of the stock uh, for this particular stock IIPR. Uh, so so it's actually exactly where it should be at if we check P ratios and uh, earnings per share, which we didn't get a chance to look at today. Uh, so that so that's why I said you definitely want to couple these things with with market analysis. What is the current you know uh, uh, marijuana industry? Because this is a, actually a marijuana company. Um, and what's the what what is the industry looking like at this current space in the U.S. Because they operate in the U.S. Uh, what are the fundamentals of this company? And then I'm going to check the chart and see you know typically when you're doing long term plays, I'm only checking the chart to try to see when I should buy. 
honestly. So when is a good buying opportunity? So at the chart, anywhere under here would have been a good buying opportunity because I believe in the long term they make money. They make a lot of money. I believe in the long term. So I would this is a buying opportunity right there. Boom. And so, uh, yeah. And then, you know, as it goes up here, you could be looking to sell. Essentially, that's what it's telling you. Like, maybe you should take profits here. But that's only if you think, you know, if you think, A, you have a, a, a better opportunity to make more money in the short term or B, that you think the stock is not going to go higher. If you think it's going to go higher, I, I personally wouldn't sell. So yeah, stick in there. Well, young brother, exactly. I, I think I speak for then for the room that you know what I'm saying I am thoroughly impressed by your knowledge, man, to be yes, sir. You know what I'm saying yes, sir. At the age that you are to to get on here with some forty plus year old gentlemen and and educate and school us like that's I'm 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 thoroughly impressed, man. Um, definitely look forward to having you back. Like I said, you are the honorary sixth member of Hops and Stocks <laughs> because <laughs> you know we all we all dabble. You know what I'm saying, but you just you school me, and you know what I'm saying. I, I don't claim to be an extra. I'm a gambler. That's why I tell people I gamble. You know what I mean? But I want to get more. I want to get more into informed investing where I'm not gambling. I've been lucky. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't hit some home runs, but I also done struck out a couple of times. But that's why we wanted to have you on because you know what I'm saying you're like Blast. He's he's told us he's like man, my my son's good. He's like he's honestly every play that you've given us. Or you've given him, he's given us. And you know, some of us have gotten in and some of us haven't, but all of them been solid. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely look forward to doing, you know what I'm saying, more and more podcasts with you and having you on and, and giving this knowledge out to, to our listeners. Um, if anybody else has anything to say, chime in. If not, we can go ahead and, and wrap this up, man. But once again, man, we appreciate you taking the time out to, to school us, man, because I, I was thoroughly impressed by, by your knowledge. Yeah, I, I'm just going to agree with what he said, man. Like, you, it wasn't like you was just kind of above average, man. Uh, you were spectacular with your analysis and everything that you broke down, man, for your age, man. You know, um, I know Blast is, you know, family, so he's obligated to have your back. But, nah, <laughs> man. Yeah, you official. Nah, man, man. I, I wouldn't have him on here, man, if it was some BS, man. I don't, I don't play around like that, so. You know, when we, when we, you can tell them, Colin, we had a conversation. I'm like, hey, man, you got, you know, you got to come correct, man. This is our, this is our business, man. I ain't going to have no mess on our business, man. I, but I, I mean, y'all already know that, that he comes with it. Like anytime he has a play, I send y'all the research too. I don't just be like, hey, my son said invest in this. I'm just, yeah. just a little bit upset that it took so long. What is it? Episode 17. And he just now came <laughs> <on>. <laughs> So, so what are you doing the next 25 Wednesdays at about seven? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I salute you, young brother, man. Yeah, man. Um, if nobody else has anything else, we're going to sign off episode 17. You know what I'm saying? Lots of jewels in this episode, man. Lots of jewels, man. Once again, thank you. Appreciate you. And best of luck, you know what I'm saying, in the trades that you got. And we'll holler at you. You sure. did good, son. You did good. Appreciate it. It is great, 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 man. I mean, yeah. I know you said that was your first your first podcast, bro. You're a natural, man. Like, and that's that just yeah. comes from being comfortable with the knowledge that you have. You know what I'm saying? When you're comfortable with something, you can you can talk yeah, at it. You ain't got to worry about it because you know yeah. you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I so. could tell you had so much knowledge overflowing. Your brain was getting confused. Like you, like you didn't know which one which jewel you wanted to give us. I'm like, man, just give it to us all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's here's what I would like to see. Um, because once again, we we all we all rookies at this, man. Like you educating us is if you just put together, you know, kind kind of like a series of of teachings and say, hey, and whenever you want to come on, you got an open door invitation to come on and say, hey, right, I got I got this one set up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm ready to give y'all part two. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and once again, man, it's, it's, it's at your time. It's at your leisure. It, it's our honor to have you on. And I'm, dude, I'm not over talking, man. Like, I, I really appreciate what you did, man. Like, that that was a, a master class for some people who are just now getting involved to, you know what I'm saying, retail trading and, you know what I'm saying, these different brokerage accounts and, and crypto and all that. Like, I think that's going to be really valuable for our brand to have somebody as knowledgeable as yourself. I think we didn't, uh, we didn't,
we didn't um, plug his, any of his businesses. Yeah, Kalan, if you want to, you know, plug anything, you know, have at it, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I plug my, my vending and my wholesale business, uh, my, my wholesale business, Chance Homebuyers LLC vending business. I don't got LLC, but it's elite vending services. Uh, so, so definitely be on the lookout for me around the Cincinnati area. Cause, cause I definitely do business down there frequently. So, and, and hey, if we, anybody, hey, we can take over, man, we got a, we got a man in Columbus, a man in Dayton and a man in Nashville, bro. So we can, we can take the vending thing national. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I'm wherever the money at, where the money reside. <laughs> <laughs> where the money reside for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go on and wrap. That'll do it for episode 17. Listeners, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Kalan, thank you for joining us. We're going to keep doing our thing, man. Yeah, we out. Presented by Hunter Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. Trademark copyrighted by Hunter Spoke Media Group.